today's edition of the Enterprise Doctor Business Show. I am delighted to have as my guest today, Sean O'Farrell, who is Managing Director of Choice Business Loans. Welcome to the show, Sean. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. Good to, good to have you here. What I do want to say to listeners is that today's show is recorded on the 24th of April 2020. And I say that because some of the things that Sean might be saying about the current situation around business loans is about the current situation around business loans. If you listen to this in a week or a month or a year, it, it may well have changed, but we will get back to that detail shortly. Sean, I, I want to know a little bit about choice business loans to put that in put the company into context for listeners and i think the interesting f first thing is it's choice business loans but you don't actually do loans and we don't we don't lend the money ourselves you're absolutely right mark we are a commercial finance broker so we are there to save businesses time and um, effort in finding finance for their business that could be anything from financing equipment uh, finding loans for expansion, loans to pay bills to HMRC or suppliers, some sort of finance facilities, overdrafts. Uh, and we, we tend to find we operate in a space that's just outside the main high street banks. Our first advice to people would always be, if you need finance, talk to your bank. The days where the bank were the sole source of finance uh, are, are gone and banks these days can be a little bit more circumspect with how they underwrite loans. They can certainly take quite a while to do it. And for some people, speed, convenience is more important. And there are a plethora of options out there beyond high street banks. And our, our job is just to guide people to those options quickly, to save them having to do all the research themselves, to save them having to apply to multiple places, which would result in multiple credit checks done on them. We just try to say, look, here's what we think is right for you and uh, gather the relevant documents, make one application and get it done like that. That's how yes. we operate. We're, we're four people uh, just outside Amersham, a place called Penn Street, and we've okay. been trading 10 years. Uh, uh, we are, we're licensed under the Financial Economics Authority and we're members of our industry body, the National Association of Commercial Finance Brokers. That's us. Okay, so that moves us sort of nicely to the real reason for, for doing this podcast today, which is businesses as a generality always need to borrow money they don't all need to borrow money obviously but there are all of the time there are some businesses that need to borrow money right now there are more businesses under financial pressure than is usually the case i think that's fair to say and yeah. also there's you used the word one of my favorite words you said plethora i love plethora um there are especially for scrabble players out there that there, there are a plethora of options and i'm not a finance man so if somebody said to me where do i go i need to borrow five thousand fifty thousand three hundred thousand where do i go for the money i i don't know the difference between all of those things now it's become exponentially more complicated i think because of all these new schemes that the government has introduced it's just made it more complicated so how do if a business wants money right now, and I guess it is right, right now, they don't really want to wait three months. Thank you very much. How, how do they do that? Okay, so you're, you're right. The government has stepped in to um, offer uh, some assistance. And the scheme that we're working mainly with is called the C-Bills. That stands for Coronavirus Business Interruption Loan Scheme. This is the one that was announced by the Chancellor in the middle of March when he stood in front of the camera and said, 
whatever it takes. I suspect he may be regretting those words already. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, he has to obviously offer a guide to businesses at this time. So the CBIL scheme works through nominated lenders. There's a panel of initially 40, now up to, I think it's 46, and more coming down the track. It literally, I think tomorrow we'll have an announcement on the 25th of April and probably early next week, announcement of further lenders coming aboard. So the government has said they're going to guarantee loans that these lenders make. So this is a key point. The government is not giving you the money. The government is saying to lenders, if you choose to lend under certain criteria that you think is a good loan, then we will support that loan. And if it goes wrong, we will cover 80% of the value of that loan up to a total of 60% of the loans that you make. Uh, so there is still okay. risk for and, and they're mindful of that. And I, you know, I think that the chancellor slightly missold or certainly it was misinterpreted when it was first announced. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to agree with that. And speaking as Joe Public, um, and, and I, I think I'm Joe Public with my ear reasonably to the ground as far as business-related things goes, the, the clear impression I got is he's, he's guaranteeing the loans, and then he's guaranteeing loans up to 80%. I did hear that bit, but the 60% of the total loans that the bank makes is not, that didn't come through loud and clear for me. So if I come to you, my business was okay, at least that's what I'm telling you. And now it's struggling because of the virus, because of supply chain issues, because customers aren't paying me for whatever the, the reasons are. So what are my primary options and what are my first steps? What do I go away and do? I think any business these days wants to borrow via this C-bill scheme. It's, it, the loans are, are, are reasonably low cost, no arrangement fees. And they um, don't have don't require a personal guarantee. Prior to this, in, prior to this episode, anyone getting a loan from a bank or other lender, you pretty much always had to give a personal guarantee. There were exceptions for very large businesses or exceptional cases, but it was standard you'd offer a personal guarantee. Now you have a chance to get a loan without a personal guarantee. So I think you want to go on the CBIL scheme. What are your options? Well, I think there's three steps to this. Three levels. Okay. Level one, and this is where you want to be is we advise businesses go to their own bank, assuming that bank is in the C-Bills scheme. So all your major high street banks are in it, your Lloyds, your Barclays, your HSBCs, your NatWests, uh, even through to like, uh, people like Clydesdale and, and, and Dendansky and Santander and any metro bank as well, any major high street bank is going to be in this scheme. Check, there, there's one or two exceptions that slightly surprised me. Someone like Handel's Banking is not in the scheme and they have branches okay. here locally, so but they're yeah. not in it. Rule number one, if you, if you are with a bank like that and you can check the panel of banks on the British Business Bank website, go to them. Now, that's what everyone has been doing and they've been swamped with applications. And wow. at a time where demand has never been higher for finance, they find themselves with staff working remotely, some staff ill, uh, call centers overseas in lockdown. And so their processes are not working as fast as the market needs. Now, they're doing their best. And I, I know bankers that are working very long hours. They're working weekends, all trying to get the backlog cleared. But it is just a huge backlog. And the logistics are difficult. So, look, go to your bank. Get in the queue. Unfortunately, be patient. But if you can get a solution from them, that's going to be the best option. Because it's going to be probably the easiest one to get. Your bank knows you very well. They can see all your finance records. It's definitely going to be the cheapest rate. And even though this scheme sees the government paying the interest for the first 12 months, 
If it's a six-year loan, you still have five more years where you are worried about where that interest rate is. It doesn't really matter in the first 12 months because the government's picking up that tab. But beyond okay. that, you definitely want to know it. So the bank is the first protocol, I think, Mark. Okay. So when you say get in the queue, clearly social distancing, you're getting in a queue on a phone line or a, a web yeah. chat or whatever, probably a telephone, I would hope. What kind of reasons, if I, if I bank with one of those banks and I want my 50K loan to, to help me survive, what kind of reasons would there be for them saying no? Okay, I've got three questions for you. I love throwing people three questions at a time. Firstly, what, what kind of reasons would they have for saying no? Secondly is how long will it take them to say no? Because my financial clock is ticking. If it takes them two months to say no, then whatever step two is or option two is, I'm not doing that for the next two months. So how long will it take them to say no? And the third question is, so what's step two? Because you said there were three things and this is the first one. Okay, so why would they say no was your first question. You have to be eligible for the scheme. Okay, so one of the criteria that's eligibility for the scheme is you have to be able to show that you've been adversely affected by the coronavirus. So if you are, for example, a manufacturer of hand sanitizer, I regret to say you are most likely not eligible for the scheme because you cannot show you've been adversely affected. Now, the caveat to this is you can self-certify. It's a self-certification. If you are the manufacturer of hand sanitizer, I mean, I don't know quite how this would work, but maybe you can point to some aspect of your business that has declined and say, I need a loan for that reason. Okay. But the, 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 the point right. I'm making is there are some criteria on eligibility. Yeah. If you're the manufacturer of something that is no longer in demand right now, then you, you, you tick the eligibility thing. What other grounds could you fall down on? Why would you fail? As with all loans, it comes down to profitability and affordability. Show me you can afford this loan. And reasons why a bank may not think you can afford the loan is you have accumulated losses. Let, let's say accumulated losses would be shown as a negative balance sheet. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of borrowers come to me and say something like, hey, here's my, my credit score. It's perfect. Why are they not giving me a loan? And unfortunately, the answer is usually, well, I look at your balance sheet and I can see your balance sheet is negative. Some people call that technically insolvent. Uh, and that's why they won't give you a loan. Um, there, is, there is a rule around accumulated losses can be more, cannot be more than 50% of the paid up share capital. Now, most people's paid up share capital in there is probably like 100 quid. So if your accumulated losses are more than 50 quid, you are maybe not as well for the scheme. But beyond that, it is all about affordability. If, you're, if you are showing a business where you've had a good accountant and he has put a lot of expenses through that show your profit every year is, I'm going to say 5,000 pounds, and you come looking for a loan for 100,000 pounds, those two don't add up, okay? So that the bank cannot turn around and say, you've been making five grand a year for the last three, five years. I can't show somebody how you can afford 100,000 pounds. So okay. there has to be this sort of scale. And this is where a lot of people are getting frustrated. They think it's about their credit score. They think yeah. it's about how long they've been trading. Yeah. It's not. It's really all down to recent profitability. And that's, that's always been the way and never more so with the Siebel scheme. And, and presumably and very regrettably, if, if you say to a bank, if you don't lend me the money, I will go bust, then the bank will say, we're very, very sorry, but you fail on one of those you know, eligibility or, or affordability, profitability, um, and we cannot therefore lend you the money. So Correct. if, if and, that and happens... If, so if I may, if, may I say there, Mark, as well, the banks have a difficult balancing act here, okay? 
yes, there's an urgent need to get finance into businesses and they have a responsibility to get that money out there. They also have a responsibility to the government. And when I say the government, I do, of course, mean the taxpayer, us. Yes. To yes. lend to people where we're likely to get that money back and the guarantee is not required. And, and they've got to draw a line there somewhere. And if it's a business that is showing clear signs of distress and possibly was going to struggle in the next few years anyway, and it's, as I say, has these historic accumulated losses, the lines they've drawn seem to say, no, we're not going to lend to that business because we don't feel that's being responsible to the taxpayer who has to underwrite these loans. Yep, I get that. Okay, so how, how long is it going to take them to say no? Uh, could it, could it, if I clearly don't meet the criteria, could it take them 10 minutes to say no? Or, or is it going to be a week or a month? It, it, yes. It, so no's in my business generally come quicker than yeses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's because approval is a multi-stage process and you have to jump over hurdles in sequence and the hurdles get higher the further you go. But as soon as you fall in one hurdle, you get your no. So I'm aware of some people who've applied online with their, their banks and by the time they've clicked submit, they've been told, I'm sorry, you're not eligible. Because clearly some of the stuff they filled in in the original part just meant they're just outside criteria. Okay. Um, Others then can take a, a more cursory look beyond the web application and say, unfortunately, for this reason, it declines. Others can take longer. So it knows come quicker than yeses. Okay. Um, but they, they still can take a few days. I mean, it's when I talk about getting in the queue, Mark, I, I didn't mean a phone queue or a web queue. It's about their underwriting queue. Get okay. your application in so you're in one of the piles that's being processed. And when they, when they get to it, they can okay. quickly go, mm, sorry, that's our secret here. And it's a no. Fine. So, so the third question that I had was, what are the other options? But before you answer that, if I get an instant no, then I can instantly move on to whatever you're going to suggest as other options. If I pass the initial things and then I get to the next hurdle, I get over that, then I get to the next hurdle. And maybe at the fifth hurdle, I fall over and they say, sorry, it's a no. That might take two days, five days, eight days. I think that's maybe the kind of, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe the kind of scale that you're talking about. Can I do whatever you're about to suggest as my next step as a twin track while that first set of, of options, you know, my, my own bank is going through or do I have to wait until I've got a no and then I can go to option two? Okay, no, you don't have to wait until you've got a no. You can run a twin track. I would urge a little bit of caution there because depending on which hurdle you get to in our scenario, one of those hurdles is a personal credit check on the directors and owners of the business. And you don't want multiple credit checks being done on you. So, I mean, if it's a strong case, and, and you know, we, we can look at a case and determine where we think it's, it's strong or not, we've been doing this long enough. Um, and we can offer someone guidance and say, you know what, your bank should be sorting you out. You carry on with your bank. It's going to take a while, but I think that should be a bank case. If we feel it's a little more borderline, and if that's also combined with a slightly more urgent need for the cash, then yes, in that occasion, we may say a twin track approach is, is okay. sensible because it gets okay. people to need to go quicker. So what's track two? What's, what's, what is the next option if my bank has said no or if I think they're going to? High street banks is certainly option one and where you want to be. The, an important point to make here, Mark, is you at the moment can only go to your own bank. So if you're with Barclays, you can only go to Barclays. At the moment, April 24th, Lloyd's won't take your application if you're not a Lloyd's customer. Uh, HSBC won't take it. Is that, just is that a government rule or is that a, no. a banking rule or is that an individual decision of those banks to only service their own customers? 
individual individual decision by the banks and perhaps a sensible decision in some respects because the volume is just huge and they needed to find a way to throttle it and balance their resources with the demand and so they've said look we're going to start with our own customers first yeah. and it's probably right if you were a customer of that bank you'd want them to do that yeah so that's it so that's option one is the high street yes. banks okay and now, option two the high street banks make up maybe 15 or so of the panel of about 46 that is currently on the c-bills option two is one of the other 30 or so lenders now this is a mix of smaller regional funds mainly outside the southeast of England to help in various areas uh, that have economically been not as strong as the southeast. It's also specialist lenders. So by that, I mean guys who only do asset finance or only do invoice finance and either offer those facilities under a CBIL scheme or maybe offer a small top-up loan when you're taking one of those facilities. And there's also then a number of national fintech and other base lend fintech mainly fintech lenders uh, that uh, can facilitate. So this is probably where you want to go as option two. It's people like Funding Circle who have just joined the scheme. They're not lending yet. They hope to be next week. So as of the 27th of April, they hope to be lending. Which is um, probably the day this podcast gets released. So that's good timing. Yeah, I spoke to them this morning and they're, they're gunning for Monday, but they were gunning for yesterday and gunning for today. And it just is, okay. as, it's just a huge logistical effort. Um, but there were other fintech lenders. So these guys are option two for you for a number of reasons, uh, mainly around cost. The fees they charge to this will be higher. So that's perhaps not a, an issue because the government is paying the fees. But most importantly, the interest rates they charge will also be higher. So in the case of Funding Circle, I spoke to the guy this morning and he said, yes, they'll be underwriting as, as they normally do. And you know, that means typical interest rates from Funding Circle are usually sort of 9 to 12%. Okay. Now, bear in mind, the banks will probably be 3 to 5%. You're significantly wow. It is. And this is a big difference. But what we are seeing some people doing is they're saying, look, the fintech guys can move faster and they mm-hmm. can. And I will bear these interest rates for a year because the government is paying it and I'll refinance in 12 months time. Okay. So, so the, government is paying, the government is paying the interest? Yes, the government is paying the interest for the first 12 months. Okay. So you only have to make capital repayments. Now, with some lenders, I think Lloyd's are giving an actual six-month payment holiday, so you pay nothing for the first six months. Wow. Funding Circle, so since we were talking about them, are actually giving a 12-month payment holiday. So you pay nothing until month... 13, which is going to be sort of May 2021. So I could, I could get a loan from Funding Circle if I, if I tick their boxes, which I'll come back to in a second. And it could be 10% interest, which could be triple what my bank might have offered. And I pay no interest and I pay no capital. I pay nothing. And before the 12 months is up, I can refinance probably, maybe, possibly at a better interest rate. So actually, if the taxpayer will forgive me because the government's paying the trust, I, I don't care what the interest rate is. Well, yes, but the big caveat there is that you're able to refinance within 12 months. And that depends yes. on what happens to your business, how it yeah. recovers. It depends on where the economy is, depends on what lender appetite is at that time. So you should still certainly have an eye on okay. the interest rate of so, your loan. Which is, which this is, is why it's option two, Mark. This is yeah, why it's yeah. option Yeah. You want okay, to so your- before we move on to option three, why might one of those people within option two say yes to a loan when the banker said no? 
Well, this is, this is all about the old adage in finance, um, risk and reward. Banks don't want to take a lot of risk relative to option two, mm -hmm. and therefore their rates are cheaper. They're taking less risk, they're getting a less return for it. As is the nature of our economy, different people can take different views on that. And something a bank may deem is an unacceptable issue for a borrower to have on their file, another lender may come in and say, well, actually, I don't mind about that. I don't mind that you lost money two years ago because I can understand what it was. I see your business is good. I'm happy to lend to you, but it's a greater risk. So I will charge you seven, eight percent for that loan. So this is the old balancing act of risk and reward. And in my day job, even before all this crisis hit, there were always these scales. You know, you can get loans for commercial finance up to 20, 30 percent. But wow. by the time you're at those sort of rates, lenders are taking substantial risks because either the business struggles to show affordability, there is a credit issue with the business, or there is a credit issue with the directors, or there is an issue around the security being offered for the loan. So they're taking greater risk and therefore they charge okay. greater rates. Which is, I think, very fair. And nobody's under, nobody's obliged to take the loan. Nobody's obliged to pay the interest. It's a, it's a choice, of course. But sometimes people's choices are limited. So if I've gone to one or more of those businesses and for whatever reason, a loan has not been forthcoming, either because I decide I don't want to pay that interest rate or they don't want to lend it to me or, or you know, whatever the reason may be, left with my third and perhaps last option. Yes. So the third thing to remember is there is still a world of finance options that are outside the C-bill scheme. So before we ever had this C-bill thing, I had a business and I had a job. And this is what we used to do. And we would place uh, businesses with various different lenders, depending on uh, how they wanted to use the money, what kind of flexibility they wanted. Maybe a loan wasn't right. Maybe an overdraft was right. Uh, based on how quickly they wanted it, based upon their own situation, their, the growth of their business, where they were with their profitability, uh, what security they could offer. So that we had all these variables we would take into account to provide suitable loans for businesses. The vast majority, not all, but the vast majority of those are still available. So while okay. we talk a lot about C-bills and there are big advantages to being in C-bills, mainly the fact that you don't, give a, you don't have to give a personal guarantee and the government is paying your arrangement fees and your interest for the first 12 months. But there are still a load of other lenders out there that, can lend to you, they'll ask for an arrangement fee. They will ask for a personal guarantee. They may ask for secure, some other form of security, but you know, three months ago, that was something that many businesses happily did. And those options yes. are still there. Yes, yes. Are those businesses hurting right now? Are they in difficulty because they, instead of being uh, perhaps for a first resort lender, somebody would come to you and say, I need advice on business loans, and you'd point them in the direction of one of those companies. There was no C-bills. So are they suffering now? Yes, yes, I, I suspect they are. Um, what we've seen in the market and what I think is probably what they're experiencing as well is everybody is waiting to see what is happening with the C-bills. The scheme has evolved from the first announcement in March. There were some elements to it that were inappropriate. And to be fair to the British Business Bank and the Treasury, they listened to those comments from the market and they changed the scheme and it evolved and it got better. And even last night, bear in mind we're recording this on the 24th of April, last night there was an article published on the Financial Times which suggested that Chancellor is now looking at providing loans with a 100% guarantee to what he refers to as micro SMEs in amounts up to £25,000. So the scheme is changing and evolving. And you know we've had 
several clients come to us in the past few weeks that have been approved for finance and they've declined to take it. This has happened to us on a number of occasions. They've declined to take it because they've got their head turned by the C-bill skink thinking, is there a better option for me here? And it's, it's, yeah. a, fair, it's a fair comment. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, you asked me how about those other lenders. Yes, I think they're a little quieter at the moment because we need to let the C-bills thing play out. But yeah. I suspect by the end of May, they'll be back to doing uh, significant lending again. And of course, the C-bills scheme itself or the CBOS concept itself. Can you just remind me what CBOS stand for? Corona virus business interruption loan scheme. Correct. Okay. I mean, I know you're correct, but yeah, just to remind me and listeners, we keep saying CBOS. Is is there an end to CBOS? Is it currently open ended? We don't know when it will finish because when it finishes, then those other lenders will then say, okay, back to normal. Here we are. There is no defined end date for it at the moment. The, the scheme that it replaced was a scheme called the Enterprise Finance Guarantee Scheme. That was set up in 2009 and was still running up until last month. It was solving a different problem around um, lack of security for loans. I suspect what we'll see when this situation has passed is the C-bills will go back to being the Enterprise Finance Guarantee Scheme. I suspect. Sean O'Farrell, Managing Director of Choice Business Loans. Thank you so much. You are a man who clearly knows his stuff, who can clearly communicate. And from the perspective of, of the man who's created the podcast, that's exactly what I want on my podcast. So thank you for ticking both of those boxes for me. If people want to get in touch with Sean, if there was stuff they want points of clarification on, if there's advice and guidance they need on a business loan, either the in C bills or out of it during the corona crisis or after it then please do get in touch direct with sean on whatever device you you're listening to this there's some words about the podcast and those words include some details on how to get in touch with sean so please do get in touch with him direct my name is mark harris i am the enterprise doctor and i do advice and support for small businesses and i also do this podcast so if you want to feedback to me at all about the content what you like what you don't like if you think you would make a good guest then I would love to hear from you. Please do get in touch. My details are also in the text associated with the podcast. Sean, thank you very much for being here. I hope I haven't grilled you too hard. Not at all, Mark. I'm happy to help. I hope the information uh, helps some people. And uh, thanks for having me here today. Absolutely. It's been a real pleasure. I feel much, much better informed and I hope that our listeners do too. Thank you everyone for listening. I look forward to chatting again and having you listen again on my next podcast. This is Mark Harris, Enterprise Doctor, signing off.